And welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast, episode number 79. Anthony and yours truly, Tim with you here on Radio MVP as we continue our journey mm-hmm. this uh, fall or late summer, early fall, whatever you want to call it. Into Summer's th- coming tomorrow. <laughs> Summer's coming with 90 degrees tomorrow. Yeah, it's still late summer, so, yeah. you know, we're not quite there, and not, but we're getting closer to fall, and there's a lot going on, mm-hmm. and my goodness gracious, uh, where do we start? Where do <laughs> where we do you start? Want, you want to start Friday night, Tim? No, actually, I want to start Sunday night. All right. I want to start Sunday afternoon, okay. because, wow, talk about everything that could go wrong and looking amateurish did happen on Sunday for the Browns. I mean, there are times when a team is prepared to play mm-hmm. and a team is not prepared to play. And when you have a brand new head coach and someone that you brought in within the system mm-hmm. and he, you paired him together because of what he has done with the quarterback that you've designated as your designate as your franchise franchise guy and he is and i get that and i have no problem but to lay an egg like that was is shocking and there's there's so many ways not that you lost. I said last week, yeah, Tennessee was yes, not going to be any pushover. Yes, you did. You were one of the few that said Tennessee's. Yeah, Tennessee was not going to be a pushover. and was not going to be easy. And the most important part of what I got out of that is composure. That team lost its composure in the first quarter and never returned to composure the rest of the game. And that is inexcusable for an NFL team, especially a team with such high expectations. And they were overblown, and I said that yeah. for the last few weeks. I says, yes, I'll say the same thing I said before. Could this team actually go out and get 11, 12 wins? Sure. Do I expect that? No. I think the, the real lie is 7, 8, 9, 10. That's the range they're at. 7 was last year. Mm-hmm. If they get 7 again this year, that's a disappointment. They get eight this year and miss the playoffs. That's a disappointment. Really? That's a disappointment because expectations of what they achieved last season, going seven and nine, and not being actually in a somewhat of a a playoff race late. Mm -hmm. Uh, If they don't make the playoffs this year, that will be a disappointment. Now, if they go 10 and six and not make the playoffs, that's different. Yes. But if they go nine and seven and not make the playoffs because of a loss like this, yep. that's huge, and that's the question mark for this team going forward. And they have zero wins. I mean, it's only one yeah. game, so we'll go forward. It's front loaded schedule. Yes, it has a big front loaded schedule. So we'll see how they handle it. I'm more curious to see how they handle adversity right now because there's no one in that locker room can look at themselves and say they put their best effort forward on Sunday. Not one. And that's the key. Yeah. They found out what the target on your back looks like. And they found out fast. And now it's going to be how they handle it. I actually think they're going to handle it pretty well. I'm not sure they're going to win this week. Uh, Another tough task. On the road at New York on a Monday night. Not easy. However, 
what I took out of that is when healthy and this team can click offensively. That first series when they went right down the field and got into the end zone on the first drive of the season reminded me of what they did in the first Mm -hmm. drive of the preseason, and they just tore them up. Now, the problem they had from that point on is they lost three offensive linemen. Yep, You got one kicked out and two got injured. And then you're mismatching the entire game, and it didn't work. They had one more drive in the in the third quarter yep. that, you know, they faced adversity because of penalties, mm-hmm. but were able to get into the end zone, and they were in the game. Now, defensively, the breakdowns were huge. You can never give up a 75-yard screenplay no. for a touchdown, no matter what team you are. That should never, ever happen. And not the NFL. Yeah, not anywhere. Not any age. Not okay. anywhere. It happens. It shouldn't happen in the NFL, especially. I'll be honest. I was surprised the defensive front line did not get more pressure on Mariota. I thought for sure they would. They had all indications all last season and the additions they made this year. I thought for sure that they could put pressure on a quarterback. Uh, they didn't do it consistently. They only got to him late. And, uh, you know, Mariota looked good. I mean, maybe played his best game as a uh, professional. Yeah. And that's shocking because I do not expect that. If someone told me what quarterback would not play his best game, I would have picked Mariota, Mariota, not Baker Mayfield. Even though Baker Mayfield, I think he had plenty of starts last year. He had like 12 or 13. So, I mean, he's not an inexperienced second-year player. Yeah, life comes at you fast in the NFL. They don't care who you are. If that target's on your back, they're going to come after you. You know, I think a little personal to Rabel being from the area that's not sure. much, but still, it meant a little something to him. We just got done talking about keeping your composure and limiting penalties. This team won the game by 26 points. You saw what can happen when you don't keep your composure. You get boat raced off Lake Erie. They were boat raced in the fourth quarter. I mean, that oh, was yeah. the fourth quarter. I thought Tony Romo could have been more correct uh, going into the fourth quarter when he says, this game is going to be decided when one of these quarterbacks makes a bad throw. Yep. And how they react to it. And you had Mayfield throw, underthrow a ball. Yep. Get intercepted. And they had a nice return, set them up for an easy touchdown. Well, now they're up by two scores. Yep. And then the pick six happened. And that was it. I mean, from yeah, that point were, on, they were, were really, they were done. They were, they were fish in the water, you know, just floating upside down. And that was the most disappointing part. I thought more than anything, it's kind of weird because when I, I look at the game, I say, when they missed the extra point, I was like, yep, here it goes. That's going to come back and, and, and change this focus. And from that point on, that this Browns team only had one sign of life, and that was in the third quarter when they scored. They made a nice drive. They got penalized twice in that drive and overcame it. Yeah. And that was encouraging. However, they gave it right back with that 75-yard touchdown screenplay. We talked so much. It was, it was huge. We talked so much about how you respond to adversity in any sport, especially football of late, because that's been the focus lately. And that fourth quarter was, oh, no, here we go again. It was, you forget the additions offensively and defensively and coaching staff-wise. It was, oh, boy, here we go again. Now, you can go one of two ways. You can clean that crap up, and you can 
quit the stupid personal files, kicking people, throwing punches, all this stuff. And you can man up on Monday. Or if you do that again, you're staring 0-2 in the face and the Rams are coming to town for Sunday night. And they, it might be even uglier than what what the Titans did to you. First of all, they got to establish an identity. I, I get they want to spread the ball around with Landry and, and Joku and OBJ and Baker's you know, going to throw it around. But, but when the Browns had success last year, and when any team has success, you're establishing the running game. And for them not to pound Nick Chubb down the Titans' throat, it's kind of inexcusable. You know, it was kind of funny you mentioned that because a couple times he did have a couple great runs. Yeah. They were Unfortunately, they were called back because yep. of penalties. And that was the offensive line being patched together by that stage of the game. We too. saw what a and I and I can tell you what a patchwork offensive line can do to your offense. Well, and it's ugly. Obviously, losing your starting tackle mm-hmm. is inexcusable on what happened. And then, you know, you had back to back injuries, and boom! Next thing you know, you're moving players out of position, and you're playing the game the best you can, and you have a quarterback hanging on to the ball too long. Look, you can't take a safety. I don't care no. who you are; you can't take no. a safety. And that they, these are plays that can be cleaned up, and I think they will clean a lot of it up. Uh, the Jets are okay. The Jets are good enough to beat you, though, in New York, and it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. I obviously, you know, being a Jet fan, people will always say, "Oh, it's difficult," and it is. I've seen them, and I'm not. I, mean, I got a little smile on my face on that because I hate the Jets. I I know uh, you do. I, this is personal to you. Yeah, I isn't you it? know. There's certain teams in the NFL, and I say this with all due respect, that get all the publicity and doesn't earn it. And the Jets traditionally have been that team. The Giants to a certain degree. I get it. They're both New York teams, so they're high market value, so people care. But truth of the matter, uh, when the team is 4-12 and for the season, they get all the publicity. And I'm like, why are you even talking about them? They're not worth talking about. <laughs> and that's what drives me nuts. About, this is personal to you this week on Monday night. Oh, I guess it goes back to Charlie Steiner. Oh, um, God. His voice is nails on. I love, I love Charlie. Don't get me wrong. He, he's one of the – he actually does a really good job with the Dodgers. But yeah. And, uh, you know, baseball is kind of – he was the voice of the, of the, the Jets, Jets back in the, in the 80s. Now, I didn't hear this live. But I heard it on tape. Yeah. And it is one of the classic Steiner moments. Yeah. Uh, it was during a playoff game. Bernie Kosar yep. back, you know, Jets, the great comeback. And yeah. he threw for almost 500 yards and all that. And when the Jets were up in the fourth quarter, he declared, the Jets are going to win this game. The Jets are going to the AFC championship game. <laughs> and he made this big declaration. And, of course, that net did not happen. And... Ever since then, I've always had this thing for the Jets because the Jets just have an attitude or the fans and the media for them. It just drives me nuts. Um, yeah. I mean, the Jets are one of my most hated teams in, in football. Yeah. This is personal. I, yeah. I can I, tell. I, I've never enjoyed. I've always enjoyed beating the Jets. Right a week I, to I, me is like Jet week to you. Yeah, huh? Exactly. I really, you know, obviously – in division games mean more a lot, yeah. More. But but this is a little yeah. If there's a team a personal rivalry, huh? This is this is a team that just drives me nuts over the years, and I hate losing to the fucking Jets. No, this is pers- This is like 
Yeah. This is like almost Raider week to you. I like teasing Miami fans because oh, Miami man. fans. I've got a Dolphins fan at work. Miami fans have always been a little arrogant over the years. Even because their whole thing was, well, we didn't win championships, but we had Dan Marino. You know, the greatest quarterback yeah. of all time. And, and I get a kick out of that. Don't get me wrong. He was phenomenal. He was a great quarterback. He was phenomenal. One of the best ever. And there's no question about that. Rings don't uh, lie. Yeah. Yeah, in the end, that's it. that's what you're judged by at quarterback, right or wrong. You know, yeah. there's there's great quarterbacks who never played in the Super Bowl or never won a Super yep. Bowl. Obviously, Marino's one of them. Philip Rivers is probably going to be another one. I agree with you. Yeah, uh, and there's, I mean, obviously, until the late '90s when the the Broncos had that big turnaround, yep. big exclamation point on. Elway, that on was Elway his whole, was huge. That his career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he got blown out in three consecutive Super yeah. Bowls. I mean, worse. It got keep getting worse. Yeah, oh, yeah, it yeah. didn't get better. It got worse. And then, you know, obviously Shanahan came in and it changed the entire atmosphere and, and how they ran their offense and everything else. That's a different yep. story. However, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, Monday night's game for that reason alone. I want to beat the Jets. Must win. It sounds crazy. For week, week two, two, but it, it's pretty damn close. It, it kind of is with the Rams coming to town. It's pretty damn close. What, like you said, the you don't want front Here's loaded. the thing: it is front loaded. I mean, is it possible? I mean, legitimately possible to look at this team and say worst case scenario oh, through the four? first seven. No, worst case scenario through the first seven, two and five. No. The thing is, through the first seven, I was hoping to be four and three. What do you want to be now? Four and three, four and three still. Four and three would be wonderful. I think four and three going through the first, first seven would be huge. Uh, if they do better than that, that would be phenomenal. Uh, one of those four was I was really hoping would be Tennessee. Yeah. So uh, I thought they might get off to a two and zero start. I really did. I, I, I thought a I had a two and zero start. I thought a two and zero start was legitimate possible. After Sunday, I'm very concerned about zero and two. Owen, I don't think they're going to. I had him penciled at 2-0. Uh, I was wrong there. And um, I usually don't do like, oh, this was going to happen. But I looked at the first two weeks and I said, all right, they're at home against Tennessee. That should be enough to get them over the top. I think they win Monday night. I don't think they beat the Rams. Yeah. Uh, so you're 1-2 there. Right. And then you get a divisional game against Baltimore coming to town. You better hope Lamar Jackson doesn't throw like he did against the Dolphins, or it could be one and three quick. Tim, I agree. It, with all the hype, everything that went wrong Sunday, because the whole offseason was, it's changing the narrative for the Browns. It's it's changing the culture, changing the narrative. And you went right back to what you've been for since you came to the league. This is why I'm so disappointed in the Titans game, being – not just a loss, but a, a bad loss. All right. You have the Jets away. As you mentioned, the Rams Sunday night. Followed by the Ravens. Then you have the 49ers coming in, which you would hope would be a They'll chance win, to yeah. win. And then you have Seahawks, the Patriots, and Broncos. And, you know, of the first eight. But the first seven, you have the Titans, which was a loss. You have the Rams and the Patriots. Okay. Plus, you have the Ravens, an in division game. And you see what the Ravens did to, to uh, Miami. 
Yeah, so, Green and Miami's not good, but 59 points in the NFL, right, 59 points. Right, exactly. Uh, now, your Broncos come in. I think that's a 50-50 game. In Denver, yeah. I think it's a 50-50 game. I'm not saying – I mean, it's easy to say today. You know, yeah, a lot it, can happen. It, yeah, now, who knows yeah. what yeah, what, could, what each team will look like then. Yeah, but you look at the first happen. seven games. I mean, this, right now – This is must win. Right now, yeah. Because if you don't win today, you're looking at possibly one in six. Possibly, Tim. You start one and six. You're gonna have people on the key bank building in the exactly. every two and five. I think you have people jumping. You're gonna be at people jumping in Lake Erie. I yeah, mean, yeah. I honestly two and five. I say this. You start three and four, and there'll be people at the first energy ready to go. Three and four right now because of that loss to Tennessee. Not that bad. Not too bad. You're right on the verge. You're going into into Denver looking to be four and four through the first half of the season. You judge the NFL season on quarters. Yep. You know, the first four games, every four games from that point on. So you look at the first eight games, you're down one. And you gotta go from there. And I'll we'll see. I'm right now, yeah, I'm concerned because it's it's top loaded. And I usually don't look at schedules, as you know. I don't pay yeah, attention. I, yeah, you don't look at schedules. I, I never have. Or, I never have. But this is uh this is a little different because of the targets on your back. And you have to make yeah, you, you have to make plays. The NFL comes at you fast when you're the hunted, and they don't. And wait you have for an extra day to wait to get to this game, and it's on national TV, back to back. You are the number one t- number one CBS game. Yeah. Yep. Sunday, you're going to be the ESPN game on Monday night next week, and then you come back home for a Sunday night game. And you're facing a Jets team that is in must win territory too. Right. Granted, they got two games against the Patriots in their division. And you just lost a 16 nothing lead to a bad team. Let's face it. Regardless of what Bill's Mafia, what the hell they call it, you want to talk about fans that drive you up a wall? I've never met a Bill's fan in my life, but goodness gracious sakes almighty, Tim, you have been relevant in what, 40 years? 30 years? I mean, you know, I, I actually see you someone- guys stink. You know, the Bills funny. stink. They're going to stink this year. They're going to stink next year. And you had to give them this comeback win down 16 points where they're going to ride in the sunset thinking, we can hang with the Patriots. <laughs> I can't wait until Tom Brady boat races them at an Orchard Park. Wow. What did he do last night? Oh, my goodness. Is he 42 or 22? I guess we should get into that. Uh, he, not- let's talk about that. We don't talk about Steelers much, Tim. Right. Because, first of all, he's 42 years old. That's scary. Oh, and by the way, he has Antonio Brown coming in this week. And look, it could go totally off the wall crazy. And you know what? The sad thing is, one misstep, they cut him and they don't miss a beat. Or, I'll say this, Mike Tomlin is an average coach. He's not great enough to get to the Super Bowl. But yet, he's not bad enough to be last place losing record. He's just about middle of the road, 8-8, eight 9-7. And, eight, and seven. what you have here is someone who is being demonized because of the early success that he has had. I agree with that. Um, I don't think he's a terrible coach. I don't either. I don't, I don't think either. he – I think what happened has – his expectations got so big – for the Steelers over the last... Steelers fans are... And, and, and rightfully so. You run into this. Um, 
it'll be interesting to see the Steelers as an organization don't make change very often. Nope. My dad said that yesterday. He made a real good point yesterday. He and said that, so yep. I don't expect it to happen that way. We'll have to just wait and see. You how want to talk how, about a must-win game? For however, somebody? I would not be surprised. I'm going to say this right now. If the Steelers fall flat this year and win only about four or five games. Even after the contract extension they gave them? I – look, is – I'm not sure. that like, I think this team's gotten old faster than people realize. And I think it's and still Pittsburgh getting old. does not. And I think you and I have talked about this off the air, is that if there's any franchise in the NFL – who waits a couple years too late to get younger, it's Pittsburgh Steelers. And for so long, it was their defense who got a little too old, too fast, and you didn't get young quick enough. Now the offense is starting to get there. They just have never matched up well. They've been really actually good at letting players go at the right time Mm -hmm. and replenishing their, their, Their their roster really well. I think right now it's kind of the opposite. They're hanging on to some defensive players a little longer than normal. I agree with that. And a few bad breaks have gone their way, and they've some young players are not available and will never play again and stuff yep. like that. Uh, but that's football. That's, yeah, you got to move and on. You're going to have at times things don't go your way. So it's how you face those situations that makes an organization. I. Honestly, will not be surprised if the Steelers only win four or five games this year. I really, truly won't. I really do believe Baltimore is the class of the um, of the division right now. Until Baltimore, who won the division last mm-hmm. year, is proven not to be as good as I believe they are. Um, we'll wait and see. I think Pittsburgh's on a decline. I think Cleveland has the potential to be on the rise, and Cincinnati's on the decline. So, and we'll see if Cincinnati, Cincinnati impressed yesterday a little bit. Well, yeah, and Cincinnati has a new coach and a new system, so let's see where they take them. I, Cincinnati needs a new quarterback, and until that happens, I just don't think they can win more than seven, eight games. That's I agree just, with that. That's just where, where it is, they are where they are. They've reached a level of height that I don't know if they'll ever succeed under they the They will current. not get any further than where any dollars got Right, being a, a very mediocre team, and that's where they're at. Yeah. Now, we brought it up earlier. Antonio Brown, what a story. And let me just say yeah. this. Let me say this. Uh, and, and really hit, hitting Steelers fans hard. All the Steelers fans at 11 a.m. who were celebrating the release of Brown, mm-hmm. calling Mike Tomlin the greatest coach in the world. I got a guy at work and, that does and, that. Yep. And just absolutely saluting. Oh, what a move. Ha, ha, ha. He doesn't even have a team. He won't have a team. And by 5 o'clock that night, sobbing in their beers because <laughs> he is now a New England Patriot. Now, there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out Yes, there, yes. And I'm not one of them. And I'm the first to admit that. Now, does that not mean that he did not try to manipulate his way out of Oakland? I think he did. I think in the end he did. However, I think Oakland played into his hands. Yes. If Oakland did not take away his guarantees, he would be there today. Yep. Because in the end, players that are veterans who earned a guarantee in their contract, that's what they want. Yep. That's what cost the Steelers the problem with both Brown Brown, and Bell is they would not guarantee the contract. The only one that's got a guaranteed contract is Roethlisberger. 
And that's the problem they have had. And the players that are around him who helped build that team to that office of juggernaut that they once were. Don't have guaranteed deals. They, don't ha- they could not get the long-term guaranteed deals. So Bell is now a Jet. And Brown is now a Patriot as you know going forward. And why? Because they're going to get guaranteed money. I mean, Brown signed with New England because yep. New England stepped up and offered nine million dollars guaranteed, four and a half million dollars on a signing bonus. So he got paid yesterday. Yeah, you know that's that's the crazy thing, and this is the way it works. And I keep trying to explain this to people. I, they live in a different world than you and I. They live on guaranteed millions, yep. and the way this NFL is set up, and it's the NFL system. It is about now how much of the contract is guaranteed. guaranteed. Yep. And we just seen a new threshold with Julio Jones yep. getting 97% of his contract guaranteed. He got 68 million, I think 64 is guaranteed. guaranteed. I mean it's a new threshold. It's never been done before in the NFL for a non-quarterback. Yeah, so everything's going to be judged on that going forward for wide receivers, going forward for other offensive players. They're going to want that type of contract, and it's coming to the NFL. Like it or not, it's coming. Oh, yeah. Because players do have the advantage. They, You need them to sell tickets. You oh, yeah. And they know that. To sell everything within the NFL. And that's why you have players holding out. That's why Zeke hold out for his cash. Yep. He wanted to be the high, And rightfully so, by the way. He deserved to be the highest paid running back in the NFL. Not the second highest, not the third highest. He not, wanted to be the highest. We, well, the way contracts are done, if you're the best in, like when Gurley signed his contract, you knew, excuse me, you knew Zeke's contract was coming up. Mm-hmm. They were going to compare it to Gurley's. So anything less than Gurley would be unacceptable. And usually you're going to get it between a 10 to 15% raise on that contract. Yep. And that's basically what has happened. And that's what Melvin Gordon's after. He has reached that level in his career, and that's why the Chargers are now going to look the other way and try to play hardball. We'll see uh, if he ever does get traded or not, if there's an acceptable trade. But this is the way it works in the NFL. That's the only leverage players have, and we'll see. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but we'll see. Yeah, it's... uh... The players are going to take more control of the NFL, like you said, and the NFL needs them, needs the players to sell tickets. They need them to sell merchandise, they need them to sell tickets, and, you know... It begins and ends with players. It does, and the more star players you have, the more people are going to show out, the more people are going to buy your merchandise, the more people are going to, you know, it's just a trickle-down effect. The cliche always has been... The name on your front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back of the jersey. The NBA has proven that wrong. Yep. And every sport has to recognize that. Today's athletes understand their market value, and they understand what they're worth to a club and to a league. And they're going to get paid accordingly. And I could care less because that's what... That's their money. Well, exactly. But more than anything, that's just... The eliteness of what they are able to do that you and I cannot do. And we, as consumers of sports, give them the power for that to happen because we care. We're emotionally involved. Anytime you're a fan, you're emotionally Mm -hmm. involved. 
you care. That's why Sunday's loss was devastating. That's why, you know, Saturday's win for the Penguins was important. Yes. That's why the Buckeyes win was good. And all these things, because you're invested. Exactly. It matters. It's exactly. part of your identity. It, and you may not buy jerseys. You may not buy hats. You may not do any of that. But as long as you sit in front of your TV and watch, watch that, yep. you are part of the reason why. Because that is value to the league. Tim, that's a great comment. And it brings me back to a quote that Terry Francona has always said. And he said, for something that's not life or death... It obviously means an awful lot to them. And that's okay. That's okay. You know, it's okay to be passionate about things. It is okay to be emotionally involved in some things. It's okay to care about things. And look, it is just a game at the end of the day. But to you and I, it's a little more. It's you grew up, I'm sure, with your dad watching the Browns, right? Actually, no, but no. <laughs> okay. okay, but you grew up with your dad watching football. No, I actually made my dad watch football because okay. of us. Yeah, it's so, uniquely different, but I so, know what you're saying. Yes. Like myself, I had a lady come to me at the YSU game, and I'll tell a story real quick. And she comes to me, she goes, oh, how do you think they're playing? And I said, not too good right now. And I try to be cordial and nice, and, and I said, not good. And she goes, oh, what do you think? And I said, not playing well right now. We got to turn it around. I said, I think we will, but we're not playing well right now. Now, I've only had these tickets for five years in this section. And she says, uh, you go to ga- all the games, don't you? And I said, yes, I do. I don't miss. And she goes, you've been here a long time. And I said, yeah, I've had tickets for 22 years since the four years I was away at school. She used to bring a grandpa, right? I said, yeah. She goes, you used to bring another guy, right? And I said, yeah, my dad. And she goes, that's impressive. And she was, did you go here? And I said, no, it's the way I was brought up. And it just brings you back to, right. it's not life or death. You have an emotional. But it's an emotional connection to a deeper level because it's something you grew up doing. It's the whole nature versus nurture thing. You were nature. You know, this was my Saturdays. And it was nurtured into me to be a penguin. You know, for something that's not life or death, it sure means an awful lot. And that's okay. You know, and that's why and that's why yesterday's loss hurt you. You know, that's why I hurt a lot of Brown Sanchez. And that's why today at work it was very quiet. And that's why after the Indians lose in the playoffs, it hurts. And that's why after the Penguins lose games, it hurts. But it also makes what a win Monday night could mean feel that much better. And what Singing the fight song at five thirty on a Saturday, a that's win washes about. sins away. I, exactly. You know, I love saying exactly. that. I love saying a that. Win line. A win feels better than a loss feels bad, right? Yes, and that's why. That's why. That's why you're invested. That's why you yep. care. Yep. And that's what sports is about. That's why the competition means, even though you may not be competitive any longer physically for yourself in any yes. sport. But you can watch and care, and that is what it's all about. It's about relationships, and it's yep. about taking care of people that you you know you care about. If it's yep. your family or your friends, or in a stadium in your section, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, because you see these people each week. Yeah, it becomes like a little family. Yeah, you, you share an experience 
when I had season tickets to the Cleveland Browns, it was that way. Every Sunday you when you showed see, up, yep. everybody around you knew you. And everyone was talking about what was going on and how the game was going to go. And everyone talked yep. about what was keys to the game yep. and what they wanted to see. And when it was upset, you were beside yourself. You didn't want to see the guy next to you. No. But when you won, everyone got hugs. Yep. Everyone, yep. Everyone's arms were wide open and you're hugging, yep. high five. People you don't even know. Makes and your drive home a lot easier, well, doesn't and, it? And that's what it's all about. Yep. But when you lose, it's it's a it's a long drive. Yeah, it, and that's what I think that makes baseball so uniquely different is you have to learn to lose in baseball. You're going to have a lot of losses. Oh yeah, you got to yeah. You have to understand that you're going to lose games when you want to win. Yeah, and it's okay because there's a game tomorrow. Yep. Now, as the game as the season gets l- less and sure, less, yeah. it become more magnified. But the greatest thing about baseball is just tomorrow. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Until there's no tomorrow. And then it Then it's the next it it's the off season. And then exactly. And you know, that's why this week you're gonna spend as a Browns fan seven days yeah. waiting for that opportunity yep. to feel good again. And until they snap that ball on Monday night, you're gonna be frustrated. You're gonna be upset. Yep. You're gonna talk about the game. You're gonna go through the the stages of grief. Yep. And you're going to get through it. And then you're going to be okay. And then you're going to be excited about the game coming yep. up this week. And that's the way it works. And basically, you don't have that time to go through all those stages. No. You just say, okay, next game. You know, and that's that's what makes it be- better. And and basketball, less grief. You don't, you have more games. Yes. A little different scenario. You just really want to buy your time through the, the NBA season to get to the yep. playoffs. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. We went to a foot, football game on Friday night. Yes. We get to see Mooney and, yes. and Akron Hoban play. And Archbishop Hoban's everything everyone talked about. And we we expected that. And Still impressed to watch. You know, person. it was weird because after the game, one of the statements I made yes. is, it is very odd to say this about a high school team. And there's a lot of games still to be played. Eight games to go. But their season really doesn't begin to week, week eleven. Yeah, it is buying their time to qualify for the playoffs, Trying not to keep them bored, and being focused. Each yeah, week. and that's the head coach. I mean, Tim Cheryl will do a great job, and that coaching staff will do a great job keeping them focused each week. And they got challenges coming up. I mean, oh, they got cool. Ignatius coming up, you know, at home this week, and others. Men we're going to talk believe. about them yeah. all season long because that's the best team we're going to see. Best thing we've seen in a long. That's time. the best team. This crew, our crew, you, Matt, me, and everybody at the studio is going to see this year. Oh, hands down. Is is Akron Hoban. So uh, I think we're going to pay attention to that on this podcast and going forward. Because I hope to – I'll be honest. I hope that we have a chance to see them again. I was just about to say that. I don't know if we will, but I hope we do because that is a really interesting football team. Let's be inside this time, huh? Let's be – Inside the booth in November and December, huh? Yeah, well, that's totally but different. Hey, you yeah. know what, though? That was a really, really good football team, and they're fun to watch. There is, you talk about now in college football, in order to win the championship, to beat Alabama, to beat Clemson, you have to have dudes. To beat Akron Hoban, you better have dudes on top of dudes because they got, they are loaded every position and they are and there are some guys that are young 
There's some guys that are young there. You know, Akron, but they are coached really well. They're fundamentally sound. They didn't have a lot of penalties. I, I can't remember how many I got them for. Not very many, but they are really, really fundamentally sound in every position. Yeah, they they well, they're very well coached. Uh, they're very focused. They take advantage of matches. Uh, they try to m- match up yep. against their opponent. They see a, a an advantage. They'll try to, to change players around for that yep. advantage. Uh, so uh, they're going to be a fun team to watch. And let me say this about Mooney. I think Mooney's a good team. I would just about to say that. Mooney I know is, they lost 49 to Mooney nothing. Mooney is better than 49 nothing. There's they, a lot of teams are going to be beat 49 nothing. They moved into... Hoban territory, I think five times and four times inside the thirty-five. Yeah, and twice I think inside the twenty. Into yeah, the red Mooney's zone. not a bad. They team. actually, I thought, played well at times. Their turnover killed them, and you know, obviously not six. On- Mooney needs going forward, and I think if anything, they can learn from that game. The coaching staff wise is. They actually have a quarterback that can throw the ball. You can throw the ball. They don't have to throw 100 times. They don't have to throw 30 times. 10, 12 times. About 12, 15 times. They just have to make the other team respect it. Yep. Uh, and a one drive, Mooney did do that. Well, exactly. I mean, they threw eight times in that game, and they completed yep. four of the eight. You had four more passes to that game on first down. Probably scoring, yeah. You're extending, you're moving the sticks. You know, we talked to. You know, Coach Fecco before the game. And he was very honest about, you know, the challenge ahead of him. And yeah. he was talking about what's important to them was getting three or four yards on first down. And they ran it probably every time on first down. Yes, I think they did, yeah. Maybe late in the game they didn't, but for the most part they did. You add four first down passes, one a quarter. Now a team has to Practice respect that. it. Just and keep respect them it. Yep. Exactly. I honestly believe they take that next step offensively going forward. They're going to be a very good team. They have it. They have players. Yeah, I, now, I don't know. I don't. We don't know the health of uh, uh, Zaire Rogers, who got injured again in this game. Uh, He's fun to watch. Though he is really. Yeah, he he is strong and he he finds a whole. He's nice only one hundred seventy pounds. He's only five nine. He's a sophomore. Yeah, too. and uh, boy, Mooney turns out running backs, don't they? They do. Whew. They're going to be a lot of fun. I think they're going to be good. We got them two more times this year. We got them against Borman, which uh, will be a great test. And then we have the the Holy War, uh, Ursula and Mooney. So and I'm looking forward to the people around the area, Tim. Huh? I think the, um, the, the Mooney Ursula game. Mooney, we, yeah, uh, yeah. But I'll tell you what. I was talking to people at work today, and they were talking about, man, you guys got a really good schedule. And I said, yeah, we got lucky this year. I said, there's a lot of guys putting a lot of hard work to make that schedule possible for us. And it's the Mooney person saying this. They said, boy, I'm a, I would almost, I'll tell almost in there, would rather beat Bourbon more than Ursuline. Almost. Because that's how much Bourbon means to these guys. And you flip the coin, that's how much Mooney means to Bourbon. Well, you'll never take the rivalries of the the original Steel Valley away. I mean, obviously, Bourbon-Mooney was a big rivalry when that went yes. away for... Close to ten years, yeah, it was yep. it was quite wrong and disappointing, and I'm glad it's back. Who knows what the future holds for the SVC, meaning the Still Valley Conference? Now, Love that it's back, though. That it's, it's great to have Mooney and Ursuline back in it now with the two Youngstown schools. We'll see where it goes from there. 
That's all I'm going to say. We'll see what happens in the future. Uh, there's a lot of schools who could form a really yep. intriguing league going forward. It'll be interesting to see if it happens. There's a lot of hurdles to overcome before that gets there. So let's not put the cart before the horse type thing. However, Anthony, let's take a break right yes. here and play the highlights from the Hoban Mooney game. Hand off the tram, goes left side. Has room to the 20, to the 15, moves outside to the 10, to the goal line, touchdown! Right line to the 30, to the 20, to the 10, five, touchdown! Demonte Tram, the 6'1", 205-pound senior. He's back to pass. He's looking short side of the field. Touchdown to Caden Clark, the 6'5", 250 senior. Underneath center is Ham. They'll hand it off to Trainum. He'll go left side. He's to the 30. Bounces outside to the 25. Has room to the 20. To the 10. To the 5. Touchdown. Underneath center is Ham. Ham will give it off to Trainum. He has room up the middle to the 40. Cuts right side to the 45 to the 50. Cuts back to the middle to the 40. Cuts left side to the 30. To the 20. To the 10. Dante. Demonte gets back into the end zone. Demonte Traham goes 65 yards for the touchdown. Takes the snap. Gets rid of it quickly, and it's going to be picked off at the 30-yard line. As they run it back to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for a touchdown. Landon Aladney underneath center. Hand off. Goes left side and into the end zone goes Bryce. And I want to thank Dave Ferris from Western Reserve Radio who cut the highlights. And I want to thank uh, also Camel Rico who does a great job at halftime and the pregame show and the postgame show. And we're going to have uh, Camel on here shortly Mm -hmm. again. Need to bring him back on and a few others. Uh, Matter of fact, I got an email out to uh, Gemma Bastiani. So we may have a, a special pod coming up here. Uh, they're in the finals in the Australian Rules Football League, in the, the AFL. And my magpies <laughs> were in the top four. So they got the way it works in Australia, in the Australian Football League, is this way. Eight teams make it. One big league. Top eight makes the playoffs. They call it the finals. Then they split it into two, where the top four play against each other and the bottom four Mm -hmm. play against each other. Now, the top four have the opportunity to earn a bye. If you win that game, like one versus four, two versus three, the winner of that game moves on to week three. Okay. They get a bye this week. The loser then plays the winners from the two bottom. Okay. And this week. And then they move forward. So it's a unique playoff system, and it'll be interesting to see how it goes forward. And uh, I'm just want to give a shout out to the Magpies. Came in on, on at number four seed, took on Geelong. Geelong had yeah. long odds against them because of one reason only. Uh, they don't do everything fair down there. <laughs> I'm going to be quite honest. They don't do everything Are ethically fair. Are you saying fair. that uh, Geelong is like the Stark County officials? Yeah, well, Did no, I say that? No, no. I wouldn't say it that way. I would say it. Um, if you were the number one seed, where do you think the game should be played? At your home field or closer to your home field? 
Please don't tell me it's on the road. It was on the road. They had a play in Melbourne against Collingwood where Collingwood is at. And they lost. Yeah, they lost. They lost uh, like 61 to 50, something like that. I forget the final score exactly. That is. Yeah. Well, the reason behind that, and I get it. Here's the thing. The Melbourne Cricket Club, where they play the yeah. the, the uh, grounds, excuse me, where they play the the games at, well, it can seat over 110,000 people. It had 95,000 people at that game. Holy crap. Uh, in Geelong, I think it, their stadium can hold around 40. So the AFL obviously is going to put the Oh, yeah, there. they're going to put them at the bigger stadium. Right, because yeah. they want the cash, and uh, I get it. However... And an ethical standard level. If you're the number one seed, you should be playing at home until someone beats you. That's just my opinion. I agree with you. And uh, they now Geelong has to come in and play this week. If they win, they'll face. Uh, they'll have a chance to face maybe uh, Collingwood down the road. So we'll see. But yeah, congratulations to the Magpies. I'll still take the W. <laughs> uh, glad to see them get the get the win. And uh, we we move on, and uh, hopefully I get Gemma back on. I really want to get Gemma back on because uh, she can explain it a lot better than I, and uh, she's just great to talk to. So I'm hoping that I have. She sees her email this week, mm-hmm. and she, I may try to DM her on Twitter. That might be faster, uh, and see if she uh, responds that way. Uh, because of our football schedule this yeah. weekend, it might be very difficult for me to get her on. I might have to wait the next week. Uh, and then we'll divide yep. into the final four of the finals. But yeah, she's great. I hope you listen to her, or the couple pods that we've had her on. And uh, also, uh, if you are a online music fan, please check out her website. Check out her radio station called Play On Radio. Just as you listen to Western Reserve Radio for sports, great, great music is played. And you can learn about the game of footy, which is phenomenal. Right there on Play On uh, Radio. So that's my little plug. <laughs> and speaking of plugs, let yes. me get this one in. We talk about it during the football game. We talked it once about it on a, here on the pod. Yes. Everybody loves hoodies. And it's going to get colder, I, we think, in a month or so. Yes. But who doesn't want a hoodie? I mean, I, over the years, everyone loves hoodies. Yes. And if you go to houseofhoodies.com, we have a deal for you. You can rep your team. If you're an NFL fan yep. or a, a NBA fan, a college yep. fan, you name it, you can find your hoodie there. And if you use the promo code Western Reserve Radio, WR Radio, that's W R R A D I O, one word, you receive 15% off your order. So if you were looking to get a great hoodie, check them out at uh, houseofhoodies.com or check them out on Twitter. At H-O Hoodies. So as simple as that. H-O Hoodies. And use the promo code WR Radio. W-R-R-A-D-I-O. And you'll receive 15% off your order. It is worth it. These things are amazing. I can't wait to get my own. Yeah, it's uh, it's a great deal. It's a nice little partnership that we have with them and... Uh, there's some sharp-looking hoodies. There are some very nice-looking hoodies. Uh, I'm I, thinking about getting a, a a Liverpool one. Are you? I'm I'm giving it a great thought. 
I can confirm that it will get cold in Northeast Ohio here soon, even though the next four or five days will be up in the 90s. It will get cold here soon, and it will get cold fast. So might not be a bad I, come around the corner, Tim. There's a lot of opportunities. Everyone knows somebody has a birthday coming up. Everybody knows uh, that the football season's here. And uh, everyone loves hoodies. And these are sharp-looking hoodies. I'm serious. Got to check that out at HouseOfHoodies.com. Anthony, I don't know what else to talk about. I mean, we could go on and on. Yeah, oh, and yeah, on. we could go. But let's do this. Let's call it a pod. Yep. And we will be back uh, next uh, week, either Monday or Tuesday yep. or Wednesday, depending on what's going on. We're going to try to fit them in as we will uh, talk more Penguins on the Ice Castle Report. Yes. And we'll get more five. into maybe Ohio State and and uh, Notre Dame and others during the uh, college football season. Buckeyes looked pretty good over the weekend again. They did. They did. It was a, a, a big win. And uh, this week, the Irish get back into action, so yeah. we'll pay attention to that. And you'll be heading out there soon, huh? Yeah, probably about a month or so. And probably got a month or so, and I can't remember the exact date. Uh, I didn't do it on the podcast earlier. Let's be there Saturday. Let's be proud and be loud. Uh, we got a big home game this weekend. Red and white. Got to wear it. Yeah. Uh, we're excited for Friday night. Uh, our first look at Cheney and their... Yes. Uh, third game back in action. Boy, they've looked good so far. Liberty's coming off a big-time win at a uh, nicely uh, renovated stadium. Heard a lot of nice reviews about that. Uh, Cowboys and Leopards So we Friday are excited night. about an early season matchup that will have some playoff implications with it because both teams could be looking at a playoff berth this year. Cowboys and Leopards on Friday night, and then the Blue Devils. And the Eagles, Eagles, yes, yes, from uh, Valley Christian on Saturday, so uh, from Poland. So you don't want to miss that as uh, Lisbon Blue Devils mm-hmm. take on the Valley Christian Eagles on Saturday. Both games on Western Reserve Radio, so it should be a lot of fun. Look forward to it. find us on Twitter. I'm at Tim Continenza everywhere on social yep. media, and Anthony, you are a cap- and that's on Instagram and Twitter. Yes, sir. All right. For Anthony, I am Tim. We will talk to you next time right here on Radio MVP.